0: This is Jude Knoll, and you're listening to the Norse Up Podcast, a production for NKU by NKU, highlighting the expertise of our university's faculty and staff. Joining me is my co-host, Clayton Castle. Today, we're in conversation with Bonita Brown, NKU's newly appointed interim president. Bonita Brown was appointed interim president of NKU
1: on January 20th, 2023. Uh, She originally came to NKU in 2019 when she was hired on as vice president and chief strategy officer to oversee the university's strategic framework, Success by Design. President Brown, thank you for joining us on the podcast today.
2: Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Um, There's a little bit of significance with your appointment. You are the first uh, African-American president of NKU, as well as the first woman president of NKU. So talk a little bit about what the last six weeks have been like and what that significance means to you.
2: Absolutely. It absolutely was an honor uh, to be appointed to be president. Uh, That in in itself was an honor, but to be the first female and the first African-American beyond my wildest dreams. Uh, The past few weeks have been very interesting, very hectic. As I tell people, I have meetings from the time I get into the office to the time it's time to go home. Uh, And so those six weeks have flown by uh when you said that i really couldn't even believe it's been six weeks but it's been amazing again being the vice president and chief strategy officer i knew in ku being in this seat i know it even better uh, again just meeting the amazing people uh the amazing work that's going on our talented students faculty and staff uh, the passion for student success is very much here on this campus even though we're going through some challenging times that spirit is still there it's still right there at the surface it uh, So I'm very excited to be here for this moment in time to kind of lead the university forward as we continue to navigate uh, the current situation and as we look for a new president.
1: Was the role of university president ever on your radar just throughout your entire higher education career? Did you ever think that you'd ever be a university president or did you ever want to be a university president?
2: You know, I used to tell people it would depend on which day you ask me. Some days it was absolutely on my radar. This is where I'm going. That is my aspiration. Other days it's like there's a lot going on in higher ed. Do I really want to be in that seat? So I think it depends on which day you ask me. I will say it is it's a service position. Uh, And I think that's what I like about it the most. I serve the campus. We're serving a mission. We're serving the region. That's what really attracts me to the role in general. So I really don't mind serving in this role. Uh, during this time.
0: And from what I understand, you've been around higher education in some form for a good portion of your life. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and how that may have influenced your career path?
2: Absolutely. My mother was a teacher, elementary school teacher. Uh, For those of you who grew up with parents as teachers, uh, education was not an option. I think I was reading before I was writing well, uh, because absolutely, uh, education was a priority. And what she drilled into me uh, was the fact that education is the ticket that gets you indoors. And that that has always remained in my mind. Uh, and so I went through college, went through law school. Uh, Joe can tell people I'm a recovering attorney because I only practiced for like two years. Uh, and then I got into higher education and just fell in love with it. The administrative side of it, the strategy, the making decisions, the putting things in order, that that's my sweet spot. Uh, and so I've worked at several universities uh, doing that same exact work, all with the mindset of student success and helping students achieve, because, again, that college degree. We know um, increases your earnings potential. It increases just your lifestyle in general. And I just think it's important for a society to have an educated population.
0: And uh, the last time we spoke, you told me the story of how you initially applied for a job as an attorney and that application ended up sort of setting you on your current career path. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Absolutely. It was a small, historically black college in North Carolina, Livingstone College. Uh, They had just hired their first female president. uh, And I applied to be the attorney there and I walked into the room with the attorney, with the president. She had a large presence, just vibrant, big personality. And I interviewed for the attorney position. She leaned back in her chair and she says, I'm not going to hire you for the president. I said, oh, wow, I must have really bombed that interview. And she said, I want you to be my assistant. And I looked at her. I was so prepared puzzled. I was like, she does know I'm an attorney and not a secretary. And she just laughed. And she was like, no, the assistant to the president is like my right hand person. She said, I see something in you that you could be a leader on this campus. And she hired me to be her assistant to the president. And I've just been in love with higher ed ever since.
1: In your role as chief strategy officer, uh, you were involved shaping and implementing the University Strategic Framework, Success by Design. That's how I got to know you because I'm on the Strategic Advisory Group. Um, first of all, what is Success by Design and what role have you played since its, since its development? Absolutely. Uh, success by
2: design is the university's strategic framework, which is unique from a traditional strategic plan. Usually, universities have a strategic plan that has 18 points of light that's 80 pages long and sits on the shelf. Uh, NKU had decided it did not want to do that. And again, uh, that was one of the things that attracted me to NKU is that they didn't want a traditional plan and they wanted to singularly focus on student success. And that just spoke to my mission in life. Um, and so when I arrived here, I learned that you all had the three pillars and I was like great what else and they said yes we have three pillars I said oh I have to build it from the three pillars so I thought that was interesting and so uh, I built a team around me I had strategic advisors I had the IR team and we literally just did a tour around campus to just to listen I believe in listening first before you build Uh, so I listened to everyone and we were able to develop this framework with metrics uh, with projects behind it uh, and just with a uh, something that everyone could get behind and could see their work embedded in those three pillars. And so I'm proud to say I think we've done a good job of that. Uh, we have four projects that are moving. Uh, we have metrics that are on the web page. Every college has a plan that's tied to the three pillars. I think if people notice when groups present to the board, they talk about their work through the three pillar framework. So I would say it's been a success in moving the work forward. Uh, and I think the success shows in our graduation and our retention rates. We are doing the hard work Of graduating and educating students, and that's what we're here for.
1: To dive a little bit deeper, um, you talked a lot about some of the programs or initiatives that have since been implemented uh, as a result of Success by Design. I think of first-year student success, of for example. Can you talk a little bit about some of the bigger projects or initiatives or achievements? that have come through Success by Design.
2: Absolutely. We have uh, four main projects, and one of the projects is our tripwire committee. Uh, When I say tripwire, people kind of look like, what do you mean? Uh, And what I mean by that are the barriers that the university itself puts in place that trips up our students as they're trying to navigate the university. For example, sometimes our billing comes out before financial aid. Uh, Sometimes our applications are so complicated and people have to give their information two and three times. So just things that we put in place as an institution uh, that kind of trips up our students. And so I have a committee that's looking at a lot of those things and we're literally removing the barriers. I think one of the first ones we tackled was the installment plan. Uh, That plan, the way it was set up was was causing students to have to pay so much up front that they just literally couldn't afford it we spread out the payments a little bit more evenly and students have been really engaging and applying and using uh, that process and so we think we've removed a small barrier for our students uh, the second project is uh, coordinated care uh, and again you mentioned the first year student success hub that was a part of that but even outside of that uh, if you're not in the hub how can students and faculty and staff support students and so we're looking for a coordinated care model where everyone on campus may not be able to get you exactly the support you need, but they know where to go and how to connect you to that support. That way, if a student, whether they're talking to their advisor or just someone walking in a hallway, we can get you to the resources that you need to help you. The other project is degree maps. We know students have their four-year academic plan, but we want to wrap additional uh, supports and resources around that so students know how to navigate college. So yes, you might have your four-year plan, but what kind of things should you be doing outside of the classroom? What are those co-curricular activities? If you're a first-generation student, you don't know. So we're going to tell you to go see a lecture, go check out the library, uh, get an internship, do these things that uh, make your college experience more robust. And we're also going to embed career activities around that because, again, people can name a few careers, but if we can show them examples of career all the way through their academic journey, they have a better idea of what they want to do or what they don't want to do by the time they graduate. Uh, And finally, high impact practices. We know what happens inside the classroom matters. So last summer, we held an institute for about 100 faculty to teach them how to further embed high impact practices in their classrooms. Uh, Gone are the days where people can stand in front of the room and lecture. Uh, And so how do you embed those fun, engaging, hands-on project type ideas within your curriculum? So all those four projects together really follows the trajectory of the students and we hope can lead to more successful students on the back
0: end. And when you were first considering coming to NKU in 2019, what was it about the school that was so special or um, you know interesting to you?
2: That's a great question, because I have to be honest, when a search firm reached out to me, I said, no, I'm not going to Kentucky. I'm not moving to the Midwest. Just no. And they said, no, you really should look at it. NKU is a special place. So I said, let me check it out. So I looked online. And again, I liked what I saw online. Uh, then I talked to the search committee. And again, I heard these threads of we care about the students, service to the community. And again, that was appealing. I think when I physically came to campus, that sealed the deal for me. I really do think this is a beautiful campus. I've worked at a lot of campuses and I like the way this campus feels the people here were warming up And welcoming. Uh, I just felt an energy there that I thought I could work with. So again, once I got to campus, I was convinced. I told my husband, I said, guess what? We're probably going to move to Kentucky Uh, again. So he he was he was okay with that. And he came for a visit and he said the same thing. He said, this feels right. And so I can say ever since I've been
1: here, it still feels right. So now that you're in the president's chair, what is your vision for NKU during this moment in time, this period of time where you will be uh, interim president?
2: That's a very good question that I think about every day. Um, Again, we're we're in transition. Uh, We have fiscal concerns. Um, We're facing an enrollment challenge at the same time, so it may not be the the prettiest backdrop, but I also say in those times, it's opportunity. There's time you can, there are things you can do in that time and space. And so as I've been speaking with everyone about campus, uh, I focus on three things. Uh, One is stabilization. Again, we have to get our budget in alignment. Uh, By stabilizing, I'm also saying we have to look at our processes, our procedures, uh, just how we do things, process mapping, because I think uh, processes have grown up over the years, and we just haven't really reviewed them again. I think, now is the time to do that. So stabilization is key for me. Uh, I think the second one is community. Because of COVID, uh, it's still around, but we really went through a lot with COVID. And I don't think we realize how much we really went, went through. And I think our sense of community uh, has been challenged. That combined with the fact that we have so many new people on campus, we just don't have that community. So I want to look for ways to build community. So I'm working with Staff Congress. I've spoken to Faculty Senate about it, the deans. We want to figure out what we can do to try to rebuild that sense of community across campus. And then final, finally, the one that will always be there is student success, we have to stay focused on why we're here. We have to be focused on providing the best education uh, and experiences for our students so that they can continue to be successful. So I think those three things are uh, what I plan to focus on. And then, of course, you know, you just have to handle what comes in day to day, which, again, makes this an interesting position because you never know what's going to come in the door from day to day.
0: And earlier you mentioned uh, telling your husband about how you were going to be moving to Kentucky soon. And now he's actually a student at NKU studying photography. Could you tell me a little bit about his uh, sort of career as a student here and how that came to be?
2: Absolutely. He, he has had a ball. Um, <laughs> you know, he comes home every day excited about either something he's learned in class or something he saw on campus. Uh, and so I really have gotten to see NKU from a student perspective, particularly a, an adult student perspective. And so that's given me some insight as I'm working on success by design. Uh, but he really has gotten a chance to just explore topics and classes and just things he never got to do before. Uh, and I think uh, the photography Program is great Uh, again because he's been over there. I've been over there a lot, so I've seen the studios, and it really is a great space. Uh, And I think what's even more exciting is he will be graduating in May, and I will be on the stage to give him his degree, and my signature will be on his diploma. Uh, As we're telling our families this, they're like, "Well, you couldn't script that even any 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 better." So we're quite excited that uh, we will be able to do that, and I'll see him on stage and smile and Mm -hmm. shake his hand, and it will just be a great
1: experience. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Um, So again, thank you for doing the podcast. We have one last question for you. If you can give one message to the NKU campus community, faculty, staff, students, parents, alumni, and friends, what would that message be?
2: I would say that NKU is your regional university. We are here for this community. Uh, We are here to support your students, to educate the workforce, to partner with the businesses, to provide entertainment, athletic events. We are the university of this region, and I want people to think about us, to remember us, to support us, and celebrate us as we continue on this journey.
1: President Bonita Brown, thank you so much for joining us on the NorseUp Podcast. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Norse Up Podcast. As always, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As we say every week, if we're not on the the service where you get your podcasts, let us know and we will get on there. Be sure to like NKU Magazine on Twitter, at NKU Magazine, and be on the lookout for the latest edition of NKU Magazine coming later in March. And as always, Norse Up.